You're listening to the Power and Lifting Podcast. I'm your host, Solana Lewis. And in this podcast, we will talk about the sports of powerlifting, what it's like to be a female strength athlete, what it's like to be a strength coach, nutrition, tips to help yourself in your athletic endeavors, and more. I'm so happy you're here. Let's dive into today's podcast. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks Yay. for uh, having me on here. Thanks for saying yes to me. It's always like, <laughs> like, well, they respond like, hi. Really? <laughs> well, you know, some people are just like, no. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, I don't have like my own podcast, so I don't know. But I, I mean, like I could see how some people would be like, oh, crap. Well, especially when, like, like when I look you up, I'm like, oh, okay. Like, when people have done it multiple times and, like, been on podcasts, they're kind of like, <laughs> that's what I've experienced so far. I've had a lot of good. Yeah. I've had a lot of good. I'm not complaining, but I'm yeah. always like, eh. No, it's okay. I don't mind. I like to, uh, like, I think we spoke about, talk about powerlifting and how to, like, grow the sport and just especially just, like, being female, you know? Um, so that's kind of why I'm always happy to help out whenever I can. Which is awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah. So I know that you have been powerlifting since 2014, which is a long time. (laughs) Is it? Like, I feel like, you know, what's crazy is like, I feel like it was like just yesterday, you know? And like, I mean, so technically that was like seven years ago, but I'm like, I feel like it like, I feel, yeah, I feel like it just happened. Like, I feel like I've not been in the sport that long. So when did, did you just start? Like, oh, oh, I was 19 and I'm 25. So six years. I can't do math. So, whatever. Like, so, like 2014, 2015 ish? Mm-hmm. 2015 ish. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's so awesome. But I feel like, <laughs> I guess, I don't know if it's because I'm 25. I feel like I've been doing it like forever. Cause I don't yeah. know. <laughs> I don't remember what I did before 19 probably diddle bopped around <laughs> I was so my first meet so I'm 31 now uh I, so I was 24 my first meet so it's like it's so crazy to see like and I think my first meet I think there's like three or four girls and I, this is one of the things that I always talk about is like how big like this sport has grown uh yeah my first meet I was one of maybe three four girls that competed in the entire meet and so from that to like now is insane it's crazy how much the sport has grown it has me so excited and the amount of women who are in the sport now I'm like yes and like it's more is becoming mainstream it's not fully yeah. mainstream in my opinion but yeah I don't know if I'd call it mainstream yet but yeah I think it's definitely uh I mean it's definitely at least maybe I'm like biased because like everyone that I follow are like powerlifters but I'm like I feel like it's big on social media but then again, that's who I follow. So I could be wrong there. <laughs> I'm the same way. I'm like, yeah, that's my social media. I'm like, well, if you only follow people who are like, the algorithm will make it. So, so, you see. so that's like all I see. So I'm like, I don't, yeah, I don't know like what other people see, but in my mind, I feel like it's like a huge thing. <laughs> oh my gosh. But how did you get started back in 2014? 24 year old Kristen. So actually, uh, it's, Okay, so so this is why I sympathize with, like, women who are, like, oh, I need to, like, hit a certain weight before I should compete, or you have, like, all these, like, criteria before you compete. So when I, like, first heard of powerlifting, and, like, I didn't even know it was a thing, uh, I was still an undergrad, and so that was, like, oh, my God, now I'm, like, dating myself, 2011, <laughs> 2011, or it was, like, 2010, 2011, uh, and I was working in like a human performance lab, like at school and, uh, they were doing a study and the study was, um, it was a sport supplement, but the, there's the study protocol was like resistance training. Um, but like a heavy focus on, um, <clears throat> excuse me, like squat bench and deadlift. And so before that I was like your typical, I don't say like cardio bunny, but you know, like the girl who like goes to planet fitness does like 45 minutes to an hour on the elliptical 
you know, maybe I do a couple of machines, uh, but like, you know, never went over to the dumbbell section because that's where all like the big scary meatheads were. And, you know, so I kind of, <laughs> I was like, I want to stay over here in this like less scary section. Um, but yeah, so I started like working in this lab and they were like, yeah, if you want to work, that's fine. But, uh, you know, like if you're going to be in this lab, like you got to lift. And so, you know, there's like little 20 year old me, okay, <laughs> I guess I'm gonna like squat now. Um, and so, yeah, so that's kind of how I started lifting. And I mean, it's kind of funny now looking back at like old videos, cause you're like, like I cringe at watching myself. Like at the time I was like, so great. Like I was so strong, um, but that was 2011. So it took me, three years to actually do a meet and I kind of had the same mindset I think a lot of women have is like okay I need to you know like I always find like a reason not to do it like oh I'm gonna wait until next month or next you know and then three years later mm -hmm. and <laughs> and finally so my mother was the one who actually signed up like signed me up for the meet Cause she was like, you're not going to do it. Like, and now it's like, now I paid for it. Now you have to do it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and so <laughs> I remember like the day before the meet and I'm like, I, I mean, in my mind, I was like crying and like, didn't want to do this. Um, obviously I did it. And it was like the best time of my life. I was like, this is great. Like, let's do another meet tomorrow by the time I was finished. But it was like that, like taking that step, like, to just make it on the platform like that's huge and it's like super scary um and then my second meet was nationals <laughs> right yo you know what's so funny i feel like this is the fifth podcast i've done where the person's like yeah i got started and it's like you know however they got started but yeah. then i went to nationals but it's funny because that was my exact situation well technically yeah. the second meet because my first one was rps but then i did usapl and then went right to nationals but yeah. it was so different kristen it's like it was so and just not taking anything away from us but it was so much less competitive that it was like if you're yeah. decently strong you're going to nationals like go yeah <laughs> well yeah and at the time i don't even think that they had um <clears throat> there was no qualifying total um so it was just kind of anyone could go and it was my second meet um, and I placed third actually. So, um, and I was a 63 kilo lifter. So at the time uh, it was like Jen Thompson, uh, this other girl, her name is Megan Pilot, who she, I don't even think she competes anymore. Uh, and then me, <laughs> so okay. yeah. So that was kind of, it was really cool. And it was like a great experience and um, getting to meet people too. I think this is when um, like social media like started to really become what it is today. And so like you kind of had your favorite lifters at the time. And my favorite lifters was like Jen Thompson and Kimberly Walford. Yeah. Um, and so like none of them like had no idea who I was. Right. They're just like, oh, here's this like, you know, girl who, oh, she's like, oh, you've done one meet. Like, that's cute. Yep. <laughs> Like, okay. And then like, I started lifting and I think like at the time, um, you know, like Jen Thompson, cause I was a 63. So Jen Thompson, like, you know, everyone goes out and then like Jen Thompson goes out. Yes. And then, so everyone had their squat and this is like my only like claim to fame. Um, everyone squatted and then like Jen Thompson goes and they're like, okay, like now they're gonna, you know, go on to second attempt. And then like, I came out <laughs> after and everyone was just kind of like, who is this? Girl, <laughs> who is this? Um, and then after I think like my third attempt squat or something, Kim Walford ended up like coming over to me and she's like, "Hi, I'm Kim." I'm like, "I know." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. And, um, <laughs> yeah, I know who you are. Um, but she's like, "Oh, you have like a great like just kind of like congratulating me and like, oh, like you're awesome." And I'm like, "Can I have a hug?" <laughs> oh, yay. yeah. <laughs> And um, yeah, she was super cool. And even to this day, like her and I are really good friends. So it's kind of cool that, you know, it's like you just have these like lifelong friendships that from kind of all over the world, really, that you probably never would have even like, I would never have this conversation with you had it not been for powerlifting, you know? So it's kind of cool to like meet people that you'd otherwise like completely 
you know, probably never would have met otherwise. Yes. Oh, dude, this is literally the reason I love this sport. I'm like, my whole life is like this sport. It's like Jesus and powerlifting. And like, that's about all I got. There you go. But that's all you need. If, yep. But like the amount of friends <laughs> you've made. And like, again, like, it's just so cool. Like the momentum in the sport right now and how much it is growing. Yeah. It's like, uh, everyone's going to be making friends and be happy. Yeah. I mean, in a world yeah. where everyone's everything, which is great. But <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, Moving on from that nationals, when did you decide to become 72? <laughs> so <laughs> I had been, um, like I said, but 2014, my first meet competed as a 63. <clears throat> and I always had to cut weight. Um, I'm 5'5". Five five, and so probably like when I was, you know, maybe I walked around at like between 140 and 145. So um so that was probably like what, like 65 kilos. So I only had to cut mm-hmm. like two kilos. So it wasn't like a, a bad weight cut. Um, and then, you know, I continue lifting and then it goes from like, you know, 40, 45, 47, 150. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I just slowly started creeping up. And then, so after um, it was the Arnold 2018, and I was cutting down to 63 and I mean like granted I probably like didn't diet as strictly as I probably should have so like part of it is my fault um but I remember waking up the morning of the meet and I was I think half a kilo over and I had woken up late somehow so it was like (laughs) on on top of that I woke up late so like I feel like weigh-ins were in like 20 minutes or a half hour or something and I'm freaking out and so I end up um I'm like running up and down so we were in, in an Airbnb and I'm running up and down stairs like in a trash bag like yep. trying to sweat out like spitting <laughs> spitting in a cup like doing all like the stuff that like you probably shouldn't do like 20 minutes before a weigh-in yeah um, <laughs> but you know it's like you had to, to make weight and so I was like so I did that I ended up I made weight but um you can imagine that my meat did not go as well as I had wanted to. Yeah. Um, and it was kind of like, after that, I'm just like, I'm, I'm like, I need to move up or I'm, I'm done. And I think to be honest, <laughs> another part of that was like Kim left. Um, Cause she was like the, you know, dominated 72s forever. And then, mm-hmm. um, you know, all that drama happened. And so she ended up leaving and going to the USBI. And so it kind of just made for like an easy decision because um, at the time, it, the 72, because Kim would laugh, like there wasn't really anyone um, competitive or not, or like competitive, but like, you know, I wasn't trying to beat them it was like they would probably have to try to beat me it came Mm -hmm. down to um and I was also light so I didn't have to like cut weight or anything uh I think I weighed in like the first meet is a 62 and I weighed in at like 69 kilos or something like that so yeah so it was like it was an easy um decision for me um and then I ended up winning that year 2018 so I won the 72 class and that was that was fun and that was a That's great about, experience. Yeah, I was about to say, and then you went to Worlds <laughs> right after that, so. And then, yeah, and then I went to Worlds. Um, that experience was kind of frustrating because I don't know if I spoke with you about it, but, like, I started having, um, like, glute pain. Ooh, and, no, I didn't know. Yeah, so actually, like, at Nationals, um, the one, like, the year that I had won, 2018, I was actually uh, – I was having glute pain and it was one of those things like just take a lot of ibuprofen and I'll deal with it tomorrow kind of thing and just like Mm -hmm. suck it up and so that's what I did um and then uh yeah like leading into worlds um I probably didn't go about like my rehab the best way where it was like I would just take some time off um and then try to jump back into training and then I'm like, oh, I need to like play catch up for the time that I had off. And <laughs> that ultimately led to me having to, I ended up squatting 70 kilos 
at Worlds that year um, just because my glute was so irritated. And uh, yeah, that was that was a very frustrating experience. So hopefully that never happens again. I mean, I can only imagine because no, we had not talked about it, but I was looking through everything. I was like, what happened? Yeah, <laughs> but I know, I know. So, but, oh, go ahead. <laughs> sorry. Yeah, so that was like a an ongoing thing for a long time where I would just take time off and then, okay, I took like two weeks off or a week, whatever, from squatting. Now I'm going to go and try to max out or something or or whatever, like just going back too soon without really just giving myself um, enough time to let it cool off. And uh, yeah, so it ended up being like this two-year issue, um, mm. <laughs> a lot longer than it needed to be. Um, so finally, like after Worlds, I ended up um, working with uh, a rehab professional and um, he kind of was the one who got me back to competing. Uh, so my next meet after the Worlds was at the Arnold. 2020 and then of course everything happened and literally it was like the week after everything shut down yeah I know I freaking know <laughs> I'll never were forget you, yeah I competed yeah. I'll never forget like we traveled over and we're all like should we this is fine even, yeah this is fine right and all of a sudden it was like no spectators and like put the mask on don't put it on who cares <laughs> we're like <laughs> and the next week it was like but in the following week, what's so funny is like everything shut down and I'm like, we were so reckless at that meet. What were we thinking? Yeah, it was so great. Yeah. So it was like in between everything, like kind of shutting down and then, yeah. And then like, yeah, literally like a week later, it was like, we're done. Everything's done. And I'm like, oh my God. Oh my God. So, but I do want to backtrack at the, um, when you were training for worlds, did you have a coach you were also working with? Like while you were going through glute pain and then like kind of getting in, kind of getting out, like, was there any sort of like game plan? I know it's hard to have a game plan, but like you're dealing with the injury, that's really difficult. And with the coach, like I'm, gu I'm guessing online, just because online is like the way of powerlifting, it's kind of really hard for them to even like program when you're dealing with that. So like, what was that like? So <laughs> I was working with uh, Chad from Juggernaut at the time, and uh, he was doing my program. And a lot of it was just kind of, um, at that point, like managing the pain, because it was one of those things where, um, you know, like two months out, a month out, and it's like, well, we have to get you, you know, like under heavy singles. Um, and so basically it was, he his response was like, just take a lot of ibuprofen beforehand. Uh, <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I mean, I did, the squats are the only ones that really, uh, I PR'd my bench that me, or did I? No, I think I tied. You hit 110. So that was oh, okay. a PR for you. So that was a tie. It was, well, I hit 110 at national. So I, I tied. Um, Oh yeah, you're and right. Then, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, I think 10 kilos less than what I had pulled at nationals. Yes, I'm looking at your stats. Yeah. You are correct. Oh, okay. So yeah, so yeah. your deadlift wasn't affected by your glute. There was no mm -hmm. pain. So it's so for my like my personal, because everyone is different, right? So um it tended to be uh it was like a range of motion. So <clears throat> as the weights got really heavy, it would hurt. Um, like right at depth so I think a lot of times in training I would cut depth um, just because it hurt and then ultimately like that's been an ongoing issue with myself just hitting depth in <laughs> in the squat um, and then uh, it was a, a loading so after a, like a certain uh, like 120 kilos I would start feeling it um, so yeah <laughs> Oh, dude, not fun. I've dealt with injury before. Not glute, but low back. It was actually right before Worlds for me, too, but I did 2018. <laughs> oh, okay. 
Yeah. Well, it was like, yo, like two months out, I'm just down in Ivor fan. My coach is like, do bear planks and just like breathe, yeah. breathe like this. And I'm like, what, what am I doing here? Like, yeah. And it's like, it's so frustrating, like dealing with, and, and I'm sure you've experienced too. It's like, I mean, it's, it's frustrating. Cause like, it just, it's, I literally had a pain in my butt, like <laughs> <laughs> literally, um, but just like mentally it was just frustrating too because it's like you know you're capable of so much more and then you feel like you can't showcase it and so it was kind of um like just from uh a mental and I know everyone's like about like mental health right now um but just like mentally it was like a mental cluster of emotions so I think that was honestly more frustrating than the pain itself I don't know how it was for you but yeah it was it's hard it's like as an athlete, especially as an athlete who works really hard in a sport that, I mean, I'm sure you are getting some, I don't know if you are a sponsor <laughs> by a, and getting a certain amount of money for your sponsorship, but it's like, we don't get really good paid salary to do this. Like we spend yeah. hours and hours and hours a week. You love this stuff. And then you train your butt off for what is technically our Olympics. It's close as we are to the Olympics right now. And Pretty to much. know- yeah, it's like to know that you're like traveling across like the world, going through like two planes and a long train to know that when you squat, there's a good chance you're going to be in so much pain, you might not get up your opener. Like that's like, it's all like mentally. I mean, I was an absolute mess before the pain started getting better. I got lucky, like the pain got a little better right before. And then somehow yeah. day of, I was okay. And day after that, I crumbled. It was very odd. It was a weird situation. I did great the day of the meet. Pain was horrible all the way up into it. Day after crumbled. Like, <laughs> but the only time that it matters is like in the meet. So it's kind I of like the same mindset I had. I was like, I'm just going to suck it up for the meet and deal with it after. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, oh, I'm glad that you did well. I'm glad that it worked out. Dude, I. When it I mattered. Mean, yes, me too. Now, girl, am I looking at this correctly? I see first place. Where? I see first place for IPF seventh world classic championship Heinsberg Sweden. That can't be right. <laughs> I squatted I'm not kidding. I know, but legitimately I see a number one next to it. I don't, <laughs> does that mean number one? I don't, I'm going to have to look at this. because I will send it <laughs> to you right now in this chat. Okay. And for real, I can edit this out if you want me to. <laughs> no, it's fine. No, it's just, it's like, I, it's funny if it's, if that's what it says. I'm showing it to you right now. I just sent it to you. All right. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> Look at the placing. Hold on. Where does it say? Oh, placing one. And look at everything else. Everything else is accurate, right? Yeah. That's it. Am I, is it going against like USA lifters? No, oh that's God, not how it is. Five. I thought it was 70. It was 75. <laughs> it was woo, 5 kg higher. That's so funny. Like I literally read it and I was like, I remember watching some of the 72 kg <laughs> weight class. I was like, this may not be correct, but I shall ask. Yeah, that's so weird. Huh? That is so weird. But what did you end up placing? I know it's painful memory probably, but. Oh, I don't even know. But you know what's really funny is I know I didn't place last. Even squatting like the 70 kilos (laughs) and only hitting, like only going for my first just to get like a number on the board. Mm -hmm. Um, I was not last. So that made me feel good. (laughs) Was there a point, because this would cross my mind when I was dealing with my injury like eight weeks out. Was there a point where you were like, should I pull out? Should I stay in? Should I pull out? Should I stay in? Like every day. Almost oh every God. day. And I actually Didn't it, had a, Oh my God. Go ahead. I had a talk with, uh, do you know who Ryan Lapidat is from King of the Lift? Yes, I do. Yeah. So I remember like, cause I was expressing my frustration and you know, like my glute and he was just like, um, he basically was just like, Kristen, like, you know, this is an opportunity that you could potentially never have again. Um, and why not, you know, like it's the world stage, like, uh, and also at the time, I think my bench, uh, was 
like very competitive for that class. And I think there was only one person who would bench more than me. So I could have taken bronze in the bench. Uh, I think it ended up going third because Kim hit her second, but um, um, so it was like, just get an opener. Maybe you can like take home bronze, uh, silver in the bench press um, and, you know, kind of just like have fun for the experience because, you know, it's like things that like, what else do you train for? Like you can't get any higher than that meet. That's like the, the top. And so it was kind of like, uh, the, you know, you may never get that experience again. So you might as well just, you know, do it and have fun um, and just be thankful for having that experience. And it was in Sweden. So I got like a vacation out of it too. So, you know, um, I think that's why I just could like, I did want to pull out for sure. But I think after that conversation, that's kind of like the one that was like, all right, I'm going to do it, even though I know it's probably not going to go the way that I would want it to. Do you, are you happy you went and competed? Yeah. Yeah, I would say I'm, I'm happy. Um, I'm glad that I kind of managed my expectations because, you know, uh, going up there and squatting 75 kilos at Worlds is probably, you know, not something that I would like be proud of, but um, I'm definitely thankful. My parents actually flew out there, so they were at the meet and yeah, so, you know, so it was a, it was just a really cool all around experience. Um, getting to see people that, you know, um, I will never compete with otherwise, you know, that are competing in different um, country or four different countries. So <laughs> getting to meet international lifters was also really cool. So yeah, it was, it was worth it. Uh, see, I'm really happy you said that because like after all the mental like pain, the struggle, the physical pain, you ended up showing up, you got to do the meet, you finished the meet, and you still had, like, at the end, it's like, okay, it's not what I wanted, but because you managed the expectation, you're like, I still enjoyed myself, which is yeah. huge. Managing expectations is massive when you are dealing with an injury and you're about to compete, like, something I learned. Yeah, yeah. and I think um, just, like, the process, like, the rehab process is, like, learning to humble yourself, so you know, it's never, and I think I've like been posting about this, uh, recently just cause like, I still have a little bit of irritation. And so I'm <clears throat> just trying to slowly get back into it. So like, there's a post that I made maybe like two weeks ago, it was me squatting like 90 kilos or something, you know? And so like the part of me, that's like the lifter, that's like, <clears throat> I don't want to show it. It's 90 kilos. Like it's boring. No one cares. Right. But like, you know, I think that's kind of why people try to do what they do when they're like dealing with some sort of injury and coming so back so fast is like they see everybody else, you know, posting their PRs and posting their lifts and they're like, I got to do that. Um, so, you know, like I'm not, you know, I'm not posting my rehab and I'm also like next week, I'm going to jump a hundred kilos and, you know, try to get back to where I was. And it's just like, you set yourself up by for failure by doing it that way. So managing expectations is huge. Well, another thing too, Kristen, and since you've been doing this sport now, well, lifting overall for like 10 years and doing a sport for like seven years, it's like, have you realized that most people just don't want to post anything besides that PR? Because mentally for me, like I have been struggling so much. Like I even posted like my SPD day, like, I don't know, yesterday. And I was like, here it is, boring work, but I put it out because y'all said you wanted to see me lift it. <laughs> and I'm like all insecure about it. Can I just watch someone hit like a massive triple PR? And I'm like, here's me doing 120 kilos less for RPE6. Yeah. I'm like embarrassed and crying in the corner over it. <laughs> like, yeah. And you like don't want to post. And that's kind of like <laughs> as great as like social media can be as far as like, you know, meeting people. I think that it can also, it has a lot of negative and, you know, things like that where <laughs> you're comparing yourself to someone who's healthy, you know, and their program is different and their training is different. Um, you know, I, and it, like, that's not you, that's their training. And, you know, your, your, what I've learned is that like your PR, like will be there when it's ready, like in the right time, you know, and like, don't let social media dictate when that happens. 
and that's then you end up injured for mm. three years <laughs> oh my gosh that's a, it's a hard pill to swallow like I yeah. know a lot of people feel this way it's so tough to like go on social media often and look at all these lifters and then like not compare I call it comparisonitis and like I preach on how you shouldn't do it to all my lifters my strong woman group everything and girl like literally Sunday night I was like no I don't legitimately cry I'm like exaggerating but I went home and I was like eh. <laughs> like yeah. I had a fine session but I looked at someone else's PR and I left upset I'm like why am I upset my session was fine no because I okay. saw someone in my weight class like do way more and it's What's your, what weight class? Sorry. I, I am 63. You are 63. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. I got to get off Sam's page. <laughs> I did. Me and Sam talk like every week. So we're friends. Yeah. Like, Sam, if I keep looking at you, I'm going to quit. <laughs> so like, Sam and I like, cause her and I started, um, kind of, I think around the same time. And at the time it was like, Jen Thompson and then like me and Sam were like neck and neck with each other and I was always the better squatter and she was a better deadlifter and then like our bench was literally the exact same so <laughs> so like it would come down to like these meets and it was like in order for me to win it was like I just had to out squat her um by more than what she out deadlifted me by and so there's like three meets where her and I um she always weighed in lighter than me, little brat. <laughs> Freaking no. And rip too. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Six and pack so, poking out. I'm like, <laughs> love you, Sam. I like, I know. Oh my, I love Sam. Sam is freaking awesome. She's such a great person. Um, and so we would like laugh about this too. Cause sometimes like we compete at different meets. It's not like, like at nationals, like we competed and we, um, we totaled the same, but then she would like win by body weight. But then there'd be like a meet that I think it was like, she competed at nationals and I competed in a completely like unrelated meet. And I like, didn't even know what she totaled. Like I didn't even like, cause it was like a different meet. It wasn't like really relevant at the time. And like, we totaled the same. And it was like <laughs> three or four times that we like had, like we totaled the same weight, um, but she always got me on freaking body weight. <laughs> That's so funny because that's how she won. I forget which nationals. 2019? 2018. I think 2018 nationals. Jen Thompson. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When she won on body weight. I'm like, okay, so this, I wonder if that's a strategy. I wonder if she intentionally weighs in light. I'm going to ask her that question. It's not a bad idea. I mean, like, (laughs) everyone always talks about, like, if you're cutting to, like, you know, just cut enough. But like, yeah, when it comes down to like body weight and I see a lot of girls doing this now where they're like cutting, you know, if you're a 63 and they weigh in at like 62.3, you know, cause most people are probably just cutting enough just to hit, you know, like 62.9 mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, but yeah, if you have that advantage, like dig it. <laughs> Actually, so- I think that's how I won on when I won 2018 nationals was on body weight. Nice. <laughs> so speaking of body weight, when we saw the weight class changes, what made you decide 69 over 76? Were you already chilling close enough to 69? Yeah. So I, like I said, um, I was always light for 71 when I competed. It was like, I was, yeah, like about 69, 70 kilos. Um, <clears throat> so I always weighed light. I was always the light 72. So I was like, well, when the 69 class came out, I was like, well, this is perfect. Cause I only have to cut like, you know, two to maybe, yeah. Like two, three kilos. If that, easy. yeah. As opposed to, um, I, I, if I weigh like 70 right now or 71, I have to like gain weight um and I just like my body I, like I said I'm five five I don't that would be probably a lot for me so 69 is I think uh perfect maybe I should get to 63 to give Sam a run for her money yo why not <laughs> she's so ahead of me right now so no <laughs> way <laughs> I'm about to say join in the battle between Jen Thompson Jen Milliken and Sam Calhoun <laughs> yeah right oh my gosh 
Oh my God. I was always tall. <laughs> I've never been called tall in my life until I was a power lifter. And that's like, someone said, they're like, you're really tall for a 63. I'm like, I'm five, five. <laughs> I'm five five and a half and do you know how many people ask me how tall I am I'm like man you only five seven I'm like five five and a half like you're still really tall I'm like it's not that tall powerlifting <laughs> is the only sport where you'll be called tall at five five <laughs> and like men past like five seven are like tall tall yeah exactly <laughs> but for sure people that's nice I don't you know what's funny People have, like, get offended when you get called short. I feel like in probably think I'm offended for being called tall. I'm like, wait, what are you talking I'm short. I'm short. <laughs> I always thought I was average. Like, you know, like, I'm not short, but I'm not tall. But being in powerlifting, I was, like, because I always played, like, uh, like, in high school. And, like, I played basketball, right? Like, that was my sport. And I was by no means tall for basketball. I was always, like, the – I always played a guard because <laughs> I was the short one on the team. Mm-hmm. no it's funny That's though funny. I, I've been called so I was called tall in volleyball because I was libero and liberos are always like midgets if libero is like the person who only plays back row they never go to the front okay so, so it was that so you were like the you were tall for being in that role I was tall for being in that role and now here we are again <laughs> so it just makes me yeah. laugh because like I was called tall for that and now I'm like hey, I like I guess I like doing things that or me for short people, shorter, shorter people, not the tall, but yeah. I mean, I was, I played basketball and I was the, I said, the, the short one on the team. So yeah, that's all right. So what was your training like going into this year's nationals? Because just like everyone there was, I call COVID the blip. So we had our large blip. And like, were you consistently training throughout most of the blip? Did you have access to a gym the whole time? <laughs> so I was probably more lucky than most people. Um, when everything like first shut down, I didn't have access to a gym. Um, but I was training. <laughs> so when the, everything shut down initially, um, I didn't have access to a gym for like, when is it, April, March, for about a month, I didn't have access to a gym. And then, um, the guy that I was like seeing at the time, we ended up staying in Arizona for a month and he brought a, a rack in place with him and we trained out of the garage. <laughs> Wait, was he from California too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How did he bring it with him? What, like in the luggage? No, no, no. So we, so we live in, so I live in San Diego and we went to Phoenix for like, and it's, so it's like a five hour drive and he had a truck. And so in the back of the truck, we had uh, like a Texas, like, like one of those Texas strength racks, um, a barbell in place. And then like my cat and luggage. Yeah, I love it. (laughs) And then, so we trained out of there. Um, we were probably gone for like, cause that, it was like, we had, cause I live in an apartment and he did too. And all the gyms were shut. We had like no yeah. access to um, like, it's not like we could just train out of a garage. So we went to Arizona, rented an Airbnb for like a month, trained out of there, like in the garage. And then they had like, like a swimming pool. And it was like a nice house that we stayed in. So it's not like we were, I was, I mean, cooped up in a house, but it was better than being in an apartment. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we were training out of a storage unit for a little while, uh, okay. which was interesting because you couldn't drop the weight for deadlifts because, like, it would just like echo in the entire building. Um, and then the gym that we were training at was like open, but it wasn't supposed to be open. Just Oops. don't say the name. Or you can yeah. say blow them off. You can blow them off if you want to. I don't care. <laughs> I don't think anyone important so, enough is listening to this. <laughs> yeah. But it'd be like hard just because like so I, I like I was inconsistent with training just because it's like hard to get really excited to train in a storage unit or um and then there was times like where the gym was like closed down and so yeah, there's a lot of inconsistency there. Um but once like because I think initially we were tr- like planning on 
competing at nationals like in October, but then like nationals like was canceled for 2020. Uh, just mm-hmm. So I was like, all right, well, I guess I'm gonna just wait until 2021. And then I was prepping for a meet for March. And then they made the announcement that they were moving nationals to June. And I was like, all right, well, I guess I'm just not going to do that meet. And yep. <laughs> so like my meet, so like my training would be like in meat prep and like, okay, just kidding. Not in meat prep anymore. And then like, oh, I'm in meat prep. Oh, nope. Not in meat prep anymore. <laughs> so like, I never, I don't say it, I did have an off season, but it was like getting ready to peak and then not peaking. Yep. <laughs> and that happened like three times, I think, before, uh... <laughs> before I was actually like, okay, now I'm like competing and like peaking and like prepping for an actual meet and I'm actually going to do the meet this time. Yay. So. <laughs> Fourth time is a charm. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm like, one of these, I'm, I'm going to make it to a platform one day. Like, I'm, I'm going to, I'll do it eventually. I don't know how. Um, but yeah, I, I don't, was Nationals talking about being canceled at one point too? Or I don't remember. I don't think so. Or they were, it was weird because they were like, there was questions about spectators and yes. like the mask thing. And, yes. you know, people were like, oh, I don't want to go if you're wearing a mask or whatever. I remember there was like that drama. Yeah. So, so because it wasn't was... Flo- Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Because no, it's right. Because it wasn't Florida, like it wasn't really talked about being canceled a lot, but yeah, it was like spectators was weird, mass was weird, and then also like the whole fight to get your spot made a lot of people not want to do it. Like I signed up, like I was one of those people who I saw USAPL posted like four weeks out like oh we have some spots open i was like oh and i just signed up four weeks out like that's what i ended up doing oh really yeah because i was like like the arnold gives me so much anxiety the sign up process i literally was like i don't even care to deal with anxiety about signing up for this meet like forget it and then i saw opening and i was already in a meet prep my meet would have been seven weeks out and I texted my coach at 10 30 at night. I don't know why I was awake. Like he has a kid and everything. I was like, why are you awake? She's like a baby. Whatever. I was like, so can we do this me? And he responded. I literally I was in the car <laughs> getting home from the gym. And I literally looked up. I was like, God, if you want me to do this meet, my coach will be for some reason awake right now. And he'll respond to me right now. Cause I had 90 minutes before the next day and I ran out of time. And I was like, oh, he said yes. He said yes, let's do it. He just said yes, so let's then- do it. So then you had a four-week meet prep? Yep. Cool. Yep. And it showed. <laughs> oh, how'd you do? I, Girl, I it was nine, rough. So, yeah. It was rough. I went back and forth. One, two, three, four, five. Six. I got six for nine. But like when I tell you my squat was like 25 pounds less than like what I wanted to do. <laughs> and what I've done, like I basically went to match my old PR from a year and a half ago and missed it horribly <laughs> so it was rough bench I got a two and a half kilo PR deadlift was bad like 22 really? pounds less than my best and like I got my opener and then like the second rep was just glued to the floor and then third attempt I tried again and did not move and I was like you know what I'm gonna go sleep like <laughs> why sleep. do you think oh my god why do you think do you think that was just because you didn't have enough time to actually prep or so specifically for squat squat is like my strong like technically my delt is higher but squat is my strongest lift like mentally and like I hadn't done a single until I signed up because I was seven weeks out and so me and my coach are going to start our singles like that week for seven weeks out so I hadn't done a single really technically since March 2020 I'd just been doing so much volume and then going for singles for those four weeks like didn't that go well like my body was just not ready for singles <laughs> like it was like okay oh, no. six seven eight like RP six seven eight nine go and I was like my body was like no <laughs> like it didn't yeah. it didn't move that well so I think I just like I think also mental too I think I went into it like oh man my singles haven't been going so well and that was dumb to be thinking that when I go for the attempt. <laughs> so yeah. that didn't help me either. Bench had been going well, so I was confident and it went fine. Deadlifts had been going amazing. And I think we learned how I need to peak. Um, I hit a big PR like 
I hit 450 pounds like nine days, mm, not like 10 days out, which is huge for me. My best in competition is 424. So that's a 26 pound PR. And I think I hit it way too close to like the me. I think I should have just gone for like a more conservative top single and not had gone for like full blown RP, like 9.5, 10 days out. Cause I think I wasn't fully recovered from it. Cause by the time I got to meet, like just deadlifts felt like I had no energy. It wasn't confidence. It was like, it's glues to the floor. I don't know why I can't move it. My weight cut was simple and easy, no problem. It wasn't that. I ate the whole time. I ate more calories. I could probably eat 2,000 calories back there. Like, it wasn't like, oh, it's dehydrated. No, it's like, I think I just, I shouldn't have hit that that heavy of a single so close. No. I think my next time, we're going to literally do it more conservative and, like, let me do, like, an RP8 single and then just, like, chill and taper and, yeah. like, not do a balls-to-the-wall single for the first time in forever and then like hope that I recover enough for the meat so yeah but I guess like again like you said it's like you only had four weeks to really prep so like you want to get at least one heavy single and you know there's probably really not the best time to do it in that case because yeah. you don't really want to do it like the first week because your body is just going to be like what the hell you know but then like by like week three you're like okay well I should probably be tapering so <laughs> yeah so it's all good it was a learning experience me and my coach Brad like it's our first time doing a prep together I've been mm-hmm. too many coach? too many Brad Culliard oh so you're like your current one mm-hmm. oh cool how so you just started working with him for in May October of last year mm-hmm Oh, okay, gotcha. So yeah. I basically I decided to stop. Like, I was very consistent too because of the, the blip. So I was like, okay, Brad, like I just moved into a new apartment. I'm ready to settle down and for really train and stop eating pizza every day and only training twice a week and just doing random lunges and then going back home. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm gosh. ready to actually train. And he was like, okay. Yeah. So. <laughs> it's hard too because I know like for myself, like you said, like doing two days a week or it's so easy like when you're like rehabbing or <clears throat> you don't have a meet coming up it's so easy to be like to want to skip like because I feel that way too like when I'm in meat prep I'm like I'm you know like diets on everything's on point but like it's only like that like for eight weeks and then after I'm like oh whatever and I think actually there's like before I got on the uh this call with you uh there's a quote and I I don't remember it verbatim, but it was something like, um, you know, like talking about just beyond just like training. Cause like, I think when you're like super into it, it's like easy to like really push yourself. Um, but what was the quote? It was like, um, like good diet, good nutrition, good sleep habits, like won't make a mediocre athlete, a champion, but it'll make a champion mediocre or like if you don't have a good diet like you know like having a good diet isn't going to make someone like may not make someone a champion but like if a champion is having poor sleep habits dieting like not you know it will make them mediocre and I was like that's actually kind of true and now I wish I knew who quoted it but it's okay because I, I swear <laughs> we saw the same exact quote because that all yeah. sounds so familiar to me and I'm like I don't know what I'm, I'm on Instagram too much I'm like I saw that today yeah. I swear I just don't know who was <laughs> Yeah, but like that kind of stood out. I was like, that's actually really true. And that's something I think um, like moving forward, what I've been focusing on is just like, okay, like I'm in an off season now. It's really hard to stay motivated, but like as long as I like go and do the work and maybe I don't, you know, like feel like training, but the nice thing is, is that I'm not like working up to heavy singles right now or trying to, you know, like get in all this like, volume so it's not mentally fatiguing because I don't know if like my training right now if it was you know heavy singles or something like that that I could like mentally um like get myself excited to go but um yeah and just focusing on like nutrition and hydration and sleeping eight hours like things that I only do like for six weeks or eight weeks or something like that you know and I totally yeah. get that because this is my first year with a nutrition coach and a coach that I just vibe with really well. 
Yeah. And like having a nutrition coach, like, dude, it's the first time I competed. And then like, I had a plan for like training and nutrition after and I didn't just not care anymore. I mean, there was totally two days of like, don't tell me what to eat. Cause I'm going to, I, I ate as much food as I possibly could for two days. Like, I'm not kidding. I literally tried to stuff my body with as much food as I humanly could. But after that, I went right back to the plan she gave me and I was fine. I was like, oh my gosh, when you pay someone, you actually listen to what they say. Well, yeah, because you're like, I'm paying for this. Like, I better get my money's worth. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I always thought if I had a nutrition coach after a meet, like, they would make me like, they would restrict me or something right after I competed and I'd be annoyed. But I'm like, no, like the, if you have one that's right for you, my coach, her name is Katie Ann. And she like gave me a- Katie Ann Rutherford. Yes. Oh, that's awesome. She's amazing. Like the plan she gave me after was so reasonable. Like, cause I've been dieting down so much. Like I, oh, that's, that's the other thing too. Like I was, I did an intentional bulk. So I was losing a pound a week by the time we were training for the first meet. And then all of a sudden with nationals, I switched it. So my, my macros went down a lot. Oh no. (laughs) Like not, I, I'm not gonna say my macros, but like they went down. Oh, I was you had hungry. to cut. Yeah. I was hungry. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. I've never cut like that. Like I've always chilled at 140 all year round. Just ate whatever I wanted. Somehow ended up at 140. Did a water cut. It weighed in 136. This year, like by the time I was like 147 to 148, when I was like, oh no, 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 I like I was like 140. No, 147. Yeah, 147, 148, and I was like, oh, I'm four weeks out. Oh. <laughs> it was like I'm not trying to lose 11 pounds of water because we got two hour away yeah. so she was like okay no problem and I was hungry yeah I bet oh my god that was something like <coughs> I think like for my the last week where I was like oh, I guess we're going up to 72s um it was when I was like I did a last minute this was my fault too like I said that like this prep wasn't ideal but I was like about 150 like five weeks out and I'm like I gotta cut like 12 pounds (laughs) wait you're talking about the meat the first meat you ever did at 72 oh no the one yeah the one where I woke up like overweight and I was like yeah basically went for a run before my powerlifting meet that one yeah you live and learn man you'll never be sprinting again right before you can pee I bet you that oh never never again I've like yeah I've definitely learned like each meet is like a learning experience right like you kind of learn and like some things like you know better like I knew maybe trying to cut 12 pounds in like five weeks probably wasn't going to be ideal but I did anyway I mean (laughs) I could have started cutting 10 weeks out but yeah (laughs) But, you know, essentially, if you lose, like, six pounds of water, it's not anything crazy. You gotta lose, like, six pounds, really, in five weeks. And that's not terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, there's, like, other... Because it was, like, I traveled. And then, because of the time difference, um, I think we were competing at, like, 9, which was, like, 6 a.m. my time, which means weigh-ins were at 4 a.m., which means, like, I had to be up at 3 a.m. You know what? So it's, like, little things like that. Um, and not to say that, like that's the reason why um because I could have better planned for that but uh it's like little things like that when people you know like you don't think about when because all you see is like the meat and how like people's performance but like you don't know like what goes into the prep or like any injuries or issues that they've been having I remember like when I was having my glute pain on one of my squat days I was front squatting and I was like four weeks out and I'm like front squatting um and so like I think I posted on my Instagram of like a front squat and I got these messages like why the hell are you front squatting four weeks out like that's so dumb you know and like would I recommend that like for most people no but it was like I couldn't squat like a low bar back squat hurt high bar hurt like I but I could front squat and it was fine you know was it ideal no but you know for this situation it it worked for me and what I I needed so it's like kind of those things that um, I think other, you know, people don't realize when they like see people's training and they like feeling like, oh, what, what is she doing? It's like, well, you don't really know the background. So. Well, I think this is a beautiful segue to how you can use <laughs> all these experiences to help your athletes. Yeah. Coach Kristen. <laughs> yeah. So, so do as I say, not as I do. 
<laughs> well, no, I mean, at the end of the day, right, you probably won't do that again. But like, yeah, this obviously well, good. Everything that I've learned, like, yeah, it's like I've had, you know, like this from personal experience. Um, but I think it also helps being an athlete. Do you, do you coach as well? Yes, I do. Yeah. So you probably under like um, being a coach and an athlete. I think it helps because you understand both sides or both experiences, right? So like if an athlete comes to you and they're like, you know, I, I <clears throat> you have some back pain or something. And like, I can sympathize with them because um, I know how frustrating it can seem. Um, and then I know that, you know, mentally they're gonna wanna jump back as quickly as possible, you know? And so I can say to them, do as I say, not as I do kind of thing, but you know, like, Hey, let's, let's do this the right way. Um, and like, get you back to training, um, pain-free and kind of like when you explain to them, you know, kind of like looking at the bigger picture, um, that helps. Um, but also, yeah, I think just like the experiences that I've had have made me a better coach because I can sympathize with my athletes and I understand what they're feeling, what they're going through. If first time lifter who's never competed for, like I, I know like the anxiety that you're, you're feeling. And so I know like if I had a, cause I didn't have a coach my first meet, but had I had one, um, you know, what I, what would I have wanted to know? What would I have wanted them to tell me, you know? So it helps a lot. Yeah. I think it's huge. I think the same thing for me too and it coaches in general like if you yourself compete and you don't even have to be like high level you don't have to be like oh yeah I go to nationals and I'm top 10 but if you just compete in general like you've experienced your own water cut okay like you can talk to your client through the water cut you're gonna tell them yeah. how much it sucks you're gonna tell them that they'll survive if they're dealing with pain like I mean most people at this point have been or who have been coaching it at some point they got injured just like I have my back pain like I know how frustrating it is but I also know that that you can still if we need to pull out the competition probably like not wait pull out sounds weird continue and compete in the competition yeah um, I know if it, <laughs> yeah I know like if you if it's something that you need to do and just stuff like that like it's just huge because especially as an online coach like I think I would be the world's worst online coach if I hadn't experienced years of my own online coaching like you have yeah. to really know how to communicate with people if you're doing online coaching because the biggest thing I get when someone comes to me is the problem I've had lack of communication like ghosting or just straight up like I'll get back to me two weeks later and it's like okay well thank you like two weeks later yeah yeah and I've I mean I've been fortunate enough that um like I've been online coaching since 2015 oh my <laughs> gosh really yeah yeah so, um, and even that's like a learning curve in and of itself, right, is, um, and kind of like how it started, you know, like with like templates and spreadsheets and just like the email. And so just the way that I communicate is different. But yeah, I think especially being an online coach, <laughs> the biggest thing is just communication. And on both ends, like, obviously, if the athlete asks a question that you expect the, the coach to answer in a reasonable time, but also like as an athlete and being able to communicate with your coach and being comfortable to be like, Hey, something doesn't feel right. Or, you know, I don't like this or I don't like this, what, whatever it is. But like, I think it's also important for the athlete to be comfortable talking to their coach um, so that the coach knows and like is aware that, you know, like, so they can make modifications if they need to. Yeah. Have you ever had, well, actually, let me ask you this what is your way of communicating with your clients online? I know it's like obviously online. So it's like email, right? But it's like, do you like to do like Loom video? Do you let them text you? Do you only do email? Because like one big thing for <laughs> me as an online coach, I have to be very clear with how I communicate. Because if you're not clear about how they should contact you, you're going to get random messages in random places and all of a sudden stuff just goes awry. <laughs> <coughs> so I actually, I mean because I don't take on a lot of clients at a time. I just, I can't. And I know that if I take on too many, that the quality of my coaching is going to go down. It's not fair to have, you know, like I know some people with like a hundred clients and I'm like, there's no way that you can give like that personal experience with a hundred people. It's just, it's not possible. 
Um, so I usually will have either clients like will message me um, via email. Um, I use like a platform. So there's like a messaging component <laughs> within the platform, um, which is huge. Um, and then just, I mean, like social media, cause everyone's like on Instagram. <laughs> so, but yeah, I, like I usually talk pretty much every day. Uh, and then I usually try to do like a face-to-face, -face, um, at least in the beginning, just cause like, there's so many at this point, like the market is like, you know, is like saturated, right? Like there's so many coaches. And so I think sometimes just putting a face, you know, like just this like zoom call, um, and be like, okay, this is like an actual human being. And she's like, I'm actually going to be working with who I'm paying to work with kind of thing. Um, I think that helps a lot. So yeah, I like, uh, keeping it personal. Yeah, same. I think that's huge. Like, literally, I remember one coach I had, because I had, it was my second coach, I had him for, like, two years, and there was a gap of, like, nine months. We talked in the nine months, but there was a gap where, like, I didn't see his face for, like, nine months, and I was like, okay, I'm starting to think you're turning into a robot. Like, I need to see your face, like, at least once every six months, just so I can remember you're a real human, and then we can go back yeah. to, like, <laughs> just texting, so. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, and I really like the, what is it, Loom? Yes. I think that's uh, like super, because I'm actually, because I'm like, this is like the second time that I've heard of it. And I'm like, I need to download it because I do think that <laughs> just having like some, that personal um, video is super helpful. So adding that to my repertoire. Nice. Do you prefer in-person coaching over online? I know you do both. Um, I like online just because it's, it's easier for me and it takes, you know, like if I do something in person, like that's an hour of like with just one person, um, which is, it's fine. Um, but I feel like I can get more done online. So from that, like a convenience, I like it, but I, I like in person just cause like, it's so much easier regardless what anyone, like, it's so much easier to see someone's technique in person. Um, like video helps, but it, it's not, you know, like I can look at someone in person and I can, you know, like immediately correct it. Whereas like online is I'll send you a video and then I can respond. Like, I mean, I'll respond the same day, but it's, you know, usually like if it's 10 minutes, it's because I'm online, like I happen to be online in that moment or like they message me. But otherwise, like it can take a couple of hours, you know, for me to respond. And by that time, like they're home. <laughs> it's like, well, next time when you go to squat, like do this, you know, but in person, it's like in that moment. So I like that. Yeah, they both have like their benefits for sure. But I think like just the convenience of me being able to work from home, I'm like, I'll take online. Like <laughs> we're going to deal with the fact that there's a little bit of a distance between me <laughs> and you comedic online only. Like I yeah. stopped in person. Like COVID made me stop in person. I'm like, I'm never going back to in person. Like if you were ever right. my in-person, if you were ever my in-person client, just know you will never see me in person again. Like I'm not going back. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I know what you mean, though, but I actually like, I mean, I like that in person, like, I like interacting with people. I think that's one of, like, the hard things of, like, working from home. It's, like, very easy to, like, isolate yourself, you know, and, like, oh, I haven't, like, talked to a single human today. <laughs> I do you know, fully like, get that, but then yeah. I go to the gym, and then I'm, like, hey, people. Like to train myself. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> train myself. True. And then I'm fine. But I totally like a lot more people are like you than like me. I think I just, I'm obsessed. I think, you know what it is? I think I'm obsessed with living at home and being with my cat. And so I'm like, everyone leave me alone. I just want to be in my house alone with my cat. <laughs> just, I'm so I'm, happy. I, I, I understand that. I'm the exact same way. Uh, so, you're not, you're you not feel bad. I am. Uh, I'm a cat and a dog mom. I got two. I got two uh, little crazy 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 kids I call them my kids of course because they're probably the only kid I'll ever have so yeah so that I want really? to I mean <laughs> we'll see you know everyone said you're young you'll change your mind anyways <laughs> <laughs> you're fine oh my God. you are you're young you're 25 I'm like 31 I'm like damn I better like make this decision quick because I don't got much longer to think about it up to you I'm like uh... We have science on our side. You can freeze them eggs. 
Yeah, you know how expensive that is? I never like, had checked. I Googled just for like, just to, to see, and it was like 10 grand at least for like oh. one. Yeah, it's like not cheap at all. All right, guess I'm raising like, my rates. Oh. I'm not kidding. Yeah, I'm like, oh, well, there goes that idea. <laughs> I don't want kids that bad. Oh my gosh, more pets. Get more pets. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Dude, it was so fun talking to you. Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. I wish I could say bye to the dog and cat, but I'll just, I'll wait for them from here. <laughs> I don't even know where she is. It's okay. Gotta go find her. But yeah, no, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. And um, yeah, let me know like when you're going to upload it so that I can repost and everything. Absolutely. Okay, Yay. guys. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'll catch you next time on the Power and Lifting Podcast. Thank you so much for listening to the Power and Lifting Podcast. If you made it this far, then please do me a huge favor and subscribe and leave a five-star review. 